What would you do if you got scammed? Would you suffer in silence or would you do something about it? Well, I got scammed once and this is the story of what I did. I'm Justin Sales, the host of The Wedding Scammer, a true crime podcast from The Ringer. And for seven episodes, we're hunting a con man, a guy with a lot of aliases, a guy who's ruined a lot of weddings. And with the help of some friends, I just might be able to catch him. Listen to The Wedding Scammer on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. What's poppin'? Logan Murdoch here, Roger Bell there. Motherfucking Monday, so you know who's in the building. Howard, motherfucking Beck. How you guys doing? Howard, how was your weekend, bud? What up, fellas? Weekend was good. I can't remember a single thing I did other than work, but it was a good weekend anyway. I wrote, I wrote about James Harden. Go check it out on theringer.com. Fabulous website. <laughs> the NBA season is upon us. No days off. Roger, how was your weekend? Um, my weekend was good. Thanks for asking. What did I do this weekend? I don't, yeah, just, yeah, it was a good weekend, man. Watch a little just CJ shit. Stroud, you know, watch we're, a little, we're boring, watch a little. man. Look at that. I did. I did. What did, what did I do? Oh no. Saturday was all day college football. Some good games on Saturday in theory, yeah. at least. So I was locked in. And then, uh, what I do yesterday, man, my son had a paintball party for his birthday. Ty's birthday is this week. So we have birthday party. Oh, my fave. Shout out Ty Boogie. Happy birthday. But, um, no, appreciate it. Yeah, I watched uh, I watched you know the Raiders winning a football game. It was great. It was awesome. Shout out to mm. them. Um tell all my homies that you know this is what it is to be a loser. You just take any win whenever you can get it with no expectations. It's great. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's great. Is Antonio uh, Pierce your guy or we're just living in this world where he got a win off of so off of pure adrenaline or is there any chance I'm not following it so I'm asking for real like is I have there no any hope chance for the Raiders at no. any at any turn yeah. I, I it's we'll get to we'll, we'll get to the shits in a second but you know fuck that um the thing that I feel about the Raiders is I have gone through the heartache and pain of the early 2000s and so this is just this is just it's fine like I've already gone through like 
Jamarcus Russell and Andrew Walter and Aaron Brooks as my quarterback and just the turnover. I live through Al Davis. So I, I this is light work. At least there's a new stadium, you know? It's fine. <laughs> Right, like that's where we're at. This is where we're at. Yeah, looks nice. You know, that's where we're at. Can I just take this opportunity to uh, question Logan, the East Bay native, on the fact that Raider fans for my entire lifetime, because I'm old enough to remember when they were in Oakland and I was growing up in San Jose, and then they weren't in Oakland because they were in L.A. Then they jacked up a bunch of other cities that they like extracted money from while never coming to their towns and then eventually found their way back to Oakland and are now fled for Vegas. And you Raider fans, Logan, you never give up on this. It doesn't matter what they do to you. It doesn't matter how they have toyed. And you're not old enough to remember the first 17 times they screwed the Bay Area. But my gosh, has any pro franchise on this continent messed with its fan base and abandoned them as many times and been forgiven every time? Oh, they're in Vegas? Fine. Cool. Oh, they're playing in like Siberia. Raider fans are still going to be like, yeah, they're still going to like paint themselves like Darth Vader and put on black and silver makeup. They don't care. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm glad you asked that, Howard. I'm really glad you asked that because I've been getting <laughs> that question a lot over the weekend, specifically during the uh, the Giants game, which the Raiders won, by the way. Um, honestly, my whole life, they've just been for the streets. You know, I didn't share. I shared them whenever, you know, with the L.A. fans, with the Vegas fans. I'm not really tripping. It's it's honestly it. they embody. It's not even about what they have done. It is about the connection that I have growing up and going to Raider games and hearing the propaganda off the BART going with my dad. It has nothing to do with this team. It has. It's the so, sports, bro. It's let me ask, sports. Let me ask you a question. Seriously, both both of you, because I agree with I, I mean, look, like real quick. Who do you know who has quit a damn team? Like, do you like, know anyone who's like seriously, like, seriously I mean, quit a team? A team. Like, they no, grew there's... up a team. Like, this is my team. I only got one team like that. It's the Miami Hurricanes. And as much shit as I talked about them when they were really, really bad, and quite frankly, it ain't been looking good as of late, but I, I can never quit them. I have, I have friends who did quit the Raiders when they, like, I'm a Bay Area native, right? And I grew up there, and they were, they left while I was still, I don't know, teen years or whatever. There were people who definitely gave up on the Raiders at that time. And here in New York, where I've been for the last 20 years, there were definitely, by the way, some people who, at the when the Knicks were at their low point, one of their many low points, and especially after the insanity, a lot of people were really pissed off at the Knicks for not re-signing Jeremy Lin at that time. He had given them the most joy they'd had in years. And that was right when the Nets moved to Brooklyn. I did a whole story for the New York Times back then about Knicks fans who had decided to become Nets fans because they they now that they were a city team, they they so like it it does happen. But like Raja, the, I I think the distinction I would make is this: like I had friends growing up, even in the Bay Area, there were you know there were Cowboy fans, there were Steeler fans, right? The Steelers were huge in the seventies. Terry Bradshaw, all that stuff, and Yuck. like <laughs> I my 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 college roommate. He had grown up in like the Central Valley of California. So he was just far enough from Bay Area and LA that he had no allegiances, but like he got, um, TBS. So he became like a, uh, uh, Atlanta Braves fan, I think. And then he somehow became a Seahawks fan. He was just adopting teams from various places, right? Shout out to my boy, John Squire. So he, he just had fan, he was fans, a fan of teams that were not in his home base. The where, where I draw the line on this or where I think it's strange is, like I'm a Bay Area guy. I grew up on all the same teams you did, Logan, for the most part. During my years as a fan, which are long behind me, if if the let's say the Niners, 
He'd be like, it was painful when Joe Montana left the Niners. It was painful when Elias got, if the Niners themselves had left, you're shaking your head because you're a Raider fan. Stop it. If, if the Niners had left while I was like still incredibly emotionally invested as a young kid growing up in the Bay Area, and that was my team. That's the team that, that they're the reason I'm a sports writer, by the way. If they had left and not just Montana going to Kansas City, the whole Niners had relocated to Kansas City. I would have been crushed and that would have been the end of it for me. So the fact that the Raiders could toy with your emotions or with Bay Area fans' emotions as many times as they have and screwed them on the way back in, by the way, too. Like they wrecked Oakland's entire budget. They screwed up the Oakland Coliseum by throwing up that monstrosity in the outfield. That was used to be like a beautiful view. Anyway. All right, the funny thing is, and you're right, because <laughs> you're right. You're right on all those things. And like even to the point of like funding. It directly impacted me. And we're going to get to NBA in a second, I promise you guys. But, you know, we're, we're in a bag right now. Can we put in the show notes, like, fast forward to 10 minutes if you want to get no, past No, because they need to hear this shit. They need to hear this. It's yeah, a very right. – no, they don't, we don't get to hear the great Howard Beck talk NFL often. So we're going we're gonna to lock in on this. So My NFL memory is also stuck <laughs> back then, by the way. I have nothing to offer for the last 20 years. <laughs> so, Okay. I get all those things you're saying, and I am a direct product of the fact that Al Davis, and also it's not even just Al Davis. We had city leaders that were terrible that agreed to all of this, but the result was I didn't go to Oakland schools as a direct result of the Oakland Raiders because (laughs) they took away all the funding. And wow. my parents were like, no, we can't send you to Oakland schools because it's so bad. So I, and, and so that is the thing. So I got, so they and, shipped your ass to Piedmont. Nah, I couldn't afford Piedmont, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Roger, I could not afford Piedmont, but even on, <laughs> even so, with, with, with that, it's just, you've been to a Raiders game, Howard. None of that shit matters when you're in the trenches. You know, you know the cult of it is, and I am indoctrinated in the cult, and I will never leave. It is what it is. And I tried to leave when they went to Vegas, and you know what? I saw a Raider game and in Vegas. I think they played the Chargers and I didn't I didn't watch I was I was watching it on television and I was like all the emotions started coming back and I said, you know what, fuck that. I'm here. I'm ready. And you know what Oakland people like to do on their weekends? They like to fly to Vegas. It's the most Oakland shit of all time. So like <laughs> it's fine. It's not even it's Listen, a deal all, natural. All I know is like fucking Sonics fan there ain't no Sonics fans rooting for the Thunder. All right. Like there are no uh, like old Baltimore Colts fans still rooting for the Indianapolis Colts even before they got. The well, Raiders. guess what? Like, they're not Raiders. They're not fucking Raiders. Ooh. All right, they're not Raiders. The autumn wind is a pirate. Damn it! All right. Anyways, let's speaking of Vegas. Hashtag Raider culture. You know what I mean? <laughs> it doesn't make sense, Howard. That's what makes all it great. Right. That's that's what that's makes fine. it awesome. I'm glad I okay. I'm glad I asked. You have a, you had a good uh, fun response. Uh, all right. Explanation. Let's 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 get to let's ten minutes into the pod. Let's get into some basketball. Um, so on Friday, one of the things that I did was I watched some of the the uh, the preliminary games of the in season tournament, and I gotta say, I had a ball watching some of the in season tournament games. I'm kind of locked into this to this gimmick. All right, I I recognize it as a gimmick, but I did like watching competitive basketball a couple of weeks into it we had a there was a great game against okc and golden state um we got to see a couple of game winners a couple of games down the stretch that was really good howard did this first weekend change your perspective on the in-season tournament whatsoever just the excitement 
Were you out like, on it? Was Howard out on this? Howard was out on this. Yes. I, want, I want one pass per show where I can say uh, pass, and I want to hear Raja first, and then I'll come in. Because like I, I, there's, I'm going to hold back for a minute. I want to hear what Raja says. So was what was Howard out? Howard was out on the in-season tournament. Did I miss this? Skeptical. Just say skeptical. Howard, you know, Fair. like on other podcasts, like Drink Champs, for instance, if you say pass, you got to take a shot. So we're keeping this very, <laughs> just, if you pass and don't want to answer the question, you have to do that. We I got, are I got copy of my old full 48 go. mug here. But. <laughs> okay. What, what were you thinking, Roger? Um, I mean, look, I really didn't have much of an opinion on it other than if you're, it, I've, I watched two on Friday night. And I'm sitting here telling you, it's not every Friday night in the beginning of November that I'm going to be locked in to try to see the courts and just have general interest in what's going on on, on, a, on an NBA night. So but by the mere fact that I was there and I was tuned in, I guess you've achieved your goal, right? Like, which is to, to, to have some interest and, and have people locked in in a way that they ordinarily aren't. And so objective achieved, I guess, whether or not people are going to really sink their nails into this NBA cup and it's going to become a thing and people are going to be scarving it out like they are in, in like, you know, Euro league and FIBA and, and, and premier league. Like, I don't fucking know, but I mean, I was, I was here for the, for the novelty of it for a minute. <laughs> I was, Howard. I was there. I was looking right. at the courts and shit. I mean, I don't, I, <laughs> I mean, not a big deal to me, but I don't, I mean, I don't think it takes the NBA by storm in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, listen, I'm, uh, I've, I've settled on the term skeptical agnostic for this. I'm skeptical <laughs> of it. I'm, ag- I'm agnostic. I am not anti. I'm not for. I'm not sure I believe in it. Okay. There's the agnosticism. You're not believing the skept- in the gospel of, of the in-season tournament yet? Just yet? I'm not believing in the gospel of LL Cool J and Michael Imperioli. Um, and the roots. <laughs> so, by the way, the LL Cool J and Roots collaboration actually—I'm I'm digging it. Like, I like that part of it. If like they didn't have, if they didn't get me with anything else, they kind of got me with that. I, I I enjoyed that, although a little overkill between that and Michael Imperioli commercials. Like, fuck, stop! Let's slow down. I mean, like, enough. It's like every single commercial. We're already watching it. You cannot. You you don't have to play the commercials anyway. Um, I'm skeptical because, as as I think you know, Logan and, and Raja, this is my perspective on it has been. Like, there's no harm done. These are all regular season games they were going to play anyway. You just gave them, you dressed them up a little, you gave them some some pretty weird-ass courts. In some cases, I kind of liked it, and some, it was, like, just searing your eyeballs. But there's no harm done. It's not, I, I'm not against the tournament in the sense that I don't think it's hurting anything. I just don't know that there's that much allure. Like, Raja, you just said, like, the novelty of it. Yeah, we got the novelty of it on night one. How many more times are we going to see those courts and go like, all right, en- enough already. Can we just get to the semifinals and the finals like this, this whole group stage stuff, whatever? It's hard to get your head around because it's all spread out. Some regular season games this month that are just normal games, some that are designated tournament games. And on those nights, we'll have special courts and we'll have L. Cool J and Michael Imperioli every five seconds. But I don't really see where it's advancing anything. So on that note, Raja, you were saying some really good games on Friday. Logan, you mentioned it, too. Um, quick, quick aside, like, uh, d- d- I've not read through the entire like ringer and Spotify employee manual. Are we allowed to criticize our fellow podcasters on other shows, <laughs> if, especially if one of them might include one of my bosses? 
Let's do it. Let's do, do it. Do your thing, do it. Do your thing, I'm dog. Just, I just figure I should check on these things as we go before I get myself in trouble. No, I'm still new no, here. I'm in my probation no, period. No, whatever. I mean, you go ahead. So our, our friends on group chat, great podcast. Love those guys. Uh, Mahoney, Verrier, and, and Chris Ryan was sitting in for Was. Um, they were very, very excited about this to the point where I felt like they had filled up the NBA cup, the actual NBA cup that's going to be awarded. They'd filled it up with uh, like extra strength Kool-Aid and just dove in. They were just bathing in it. Um, <laughs> Dumb, sweet Kool-Aid. You talk about, oh, you talk about, the, you talk about the packet of powder and you add your own sugar, Howard? Yeah, but, you it about? Was, but it wasn't the packet. It was the canister, like the two pound. You could just oh, keep so the, scooping it. So the mix, the already sugar in the mix Kool-Aid. Yeah, then. you, you just right. keep going. Oh, no, not enough right. Kool-Aid. I'm talking about old school shit, Howard. Just the packet and then you take a cup of sugar and just <laughs> yeah. dumping that shit in. All right, here we go. No, uh, no, love those guys. Respect them all. But like the projection that I thought was going on, they were saying like, you could just see like guys were playing harder and they were scoring more points because total points is going to potentially matter for stuff at the end. And then uh, the, the Portland fans were really into And I'm thinking like, guys, we're acting as if no one's ever played a competitive, fun game in November before in NBA history. Like, like we've had good games before. Like we're acting as if we need this because players just didn't give a shit at all. We're not, we're just going through the motions. They're like, you know, skipping up the court in their sweats with their cell phone in their pocket, like Ben Simmons in Philly a few years back. Like the games in November may not have the same feel to them as May and June. And, and yes, the NBA definitely has a problem with trying to make these, these early games feel more vital and get the fans engaged more and not make it feel like the season's too long and there's not enough intrigue. I get all that, but it doesn't mean that the games have been duds in past years. It doesn't mean there's never been a competitive game. And I just think the one unprovable part of all this whole experiment is, well, were those games more competitive on Friday? Were they more exciting? Were the fans more? Uh, I guess maybe, but it's not quantifiable. I don't know how you assess that. And I, I just, I felt like I, it, the, some of our, our, our friends are just caught up in the excitement and projecting a little bit. And that's fine. Look, that like the NBA you know, mission accomplished then because you were into it and you saw it as more important. And then you even, in my view, projected the, the uh, environment as being more charged up. And if that's really the case, or even if it's perceived to be the case, then the NBA has, has won. Well, if you, I mean, I tend to agree with mostly everything you said there, Howard, the one way you could quantify it, I guess would be from a fan perspective, if there was more engagement, if there was, if there was more viewership generally on Friday night, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you could technically do that. Um, but yeah. I would just speak from a player's perspective. Granted, I, I didn't play in any cup games. To your point, like we weren't thinking it was November and so we were in chill mode like in a season. Like you're still coming out the gates trying to play good basketball, like trying to get ahead of the, you know, the other teams that might be staggering out of the gates or if you were staggering out, you're trying to play catch up. Like, November basketball for us wasn't boring and and doldrums of 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 a playoff chase type of basketball. You're typically, you know, playing really really hard in November. So I I agree with you. The only thing that may have changed and it would be the the fan interaction with it. But I don't think it grossly, you know, uh, incentivized players to go out there and play harder than they ordinarily would in fucking November. I don't I don't think you can sell me on that. I think there there was a misconception on that, and I think a lot of these things that the the league are doing is doing they're they're saying the buzzwords of we need competitiveness and 
in the early season and they're saying all these things when really it is and we all we've spoke about this on this podcast what it really is is trying to package this league for a new television deal okay ain't nobody thinking about the competitive balance in november and it's kind of disingenuous and i want to get roger's opinion on this just for that argument of competitiveness in the beginning i think people i think people need or casual fans need to realize like NBA players are ramping. The reason why they're so good in May and June is because they're ramping up to get to that point, right? And maybe you might have this, might not have the same level of basketball to start the season because you have a lot of new teams that are playing, that are trying to figure each other out, that are trying to get to a point where they are trying to, you know, get a rhythm and get all these things. Doesn't mean it's not like not competitive basketball. Regular season basketball, especially to start, is really competitive. You see the stages from preseason to regular season. Raja, when you hear the argument of guy guys aren't being competitive and doing That's this, a- why do they have to say it like that? They could just say, "Yo, we want to just do, switch it up and just say it for what it That's is." That's what they should that- do because yeah. it's a ridiculous narrative. It's it's an absurd, ridiculous narrative. Look, NBA teams are very rarely, more, very rarely more healthy as you get deeper into a season than you are right when the beginning of the season starts, right? Let's, boom. You are not fresher in any way, shape, or form as you get later into the season than you are in, in November. And thirdly, typically, you've trained all summer. You've gone through a training camp beating your head against like your own teammates and everything that you worked on in the summer. You're trying to bring it out and display it in a way that might get you a new contract might get you in an early race to make an all-star team, might put your team in the catbird seat to be the number one seat. There are any number of reasons that coming out of the gates, boys are ready to play and firing on all cylinders. Now, to your point, and it's a good point, like as you get later into the season, things might tighten up. Chemistry might develop a little bit better. Um, Roles might get defined in a way that makes the product look a little more seamless. Um, There are things that could get better as, as, you know, you've played, you know, a handful of games, but, playing hard and competing and and people being out there like with with the game and its integrity in their heart to play it like that November's a great time of year yeah and power I want to get to you real quick on this question to build on what Raja was saying one of the things that over the years that me and Raja have had like an not an issue but just an annoyance to is Adam Silver basically just not like beating around the bush of his main point of what he wants to talk about, which is in contrast to David Stern, right? Why can't Adam Silver just go out and say, we want a new television package. We, it's not about competitive balance. We just kind of want to be a global league and we just want to be like the premier league and have tournaments and midseason tournaments to build up excitement for the game. You could say that without saying that guys, and also that's another argument to the all-star game. You could just say I know there's a competitive thing, but as a commissioner, you could just say the, yeah, we want to, we want to just say the truth of it all. Why can't out of silver a bit be a, be a bit more direct as his, you know, his count, his, his predecessor, excuse me. I mean, I, I, I think it's a tough thing for a commissioner to say, Hey, public uh, NBA fans, we've created this new tournament because uh, we're trying to triple the value of our national broadcast rights deal. We need one more thing to sell to Amazon Prime or Apple or somebody. Because that's really like, yes, as a business matter, Logan, you're absolutely right. The truth of this is when the NBA uh, completes this next round of deals, 
probably still including Turner, probably still including Disney ESPN, but it's going to include Amazon Prime or Apple or multiple. And someone's going to get the rights specifically. Or YouTube TV, who is already a t- uh, league yeah. partner. And one, of the, and one of those new partners is going to end up with the rights to the horribly named in-season tournament that needs a better name. Um, and when we get there, it'll be out in the open. This is now branded as, as, as being in partnership with these corporations, these sponsors, and this streamer, right? But until then, they had, you can't, like, it's too cynical to sell it to the public that way. You guys, oh, we got this cool new thing, right? Instead of just, and the way, to Adam's credit, I don't think Adam has ever portrayed this as we need, we need players to care more early in the regular season. Like, it's kind of come in the same conversation with a lot of the player rest policy crackdown and other stuff. Like, there's, it's certainly baked into it, Logan. But I think Adam's thing has always been the when I've heard him talk about this, because he's been trying to get this for 10 years. He always talks about it as, there should be more than one thing to play for, right? And he looks to European soccer and these other leagues where you have something else to play for. It's not all just about June. The thing is, in this country, in our sports, in North America, hockey, football, basketball, baseball, and even everything at the college levels, yeah, it's all about the end. The thing at the end matters because it took the whole season to get there. That's why it has meaning. And I think the problem that I've had thus my skeptic agnosticism or my agnostic skepticism or whatever it may be, is that I don't buy the idea that we're going to care. Like the the question I have universally to anybody who's really psyched about the tournament is why should we care who wins this cup in December? Because if it's well, uh, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is the other thing too. So I, I won't I won't name him right now, but like I, I got into this whole, uh, this this became this like deep philosophical conversation with an NBA official over the summer about this, where he's basically like, it basically came down like time is just an artificial construct. The calendar is an artificial construct. Championships are just, uh, we just created all these things and you just care about this one because it's been around longer and we can create a new one and eventually we'll care about that too. I think it was Mahoney on, on the group chat who was going down this path too, like saying, it's just a piece of tin. We just care about the Larry, the Larry Broad trophy. It's just a piece of metal. No, it's it's imbued with more meaning, not just because it's been around for 70-something years. It's because it came at the end. You spent months building up, jockeying for position, getting home court advantage, playing multiple best-of-seven series to get there, and then, yes, you were the champion of the whole season. The champion of the NBA Cup is going to be the champion of November and early December, and I don't know what that means. Why should Again, I'm not criticizing it. I'm not saying it's bad. I just don't know why we should care who wins a cup on December 9th or whatever. Yeah, well, you're, I mean, you're talking about rewiring um, a, the way a country consumes sports. Like, we, we, we yes. aren't bred to consume them like they do over there. Now, I'll tell you what might move the needle for me is if you said, hey, we're going to have a cup and the winner of our cup, we're then going to, we're going to get like kind of like the Super League or whatever they call it over there. I forget what it was called in FIBA, like the Euro, the Euro League championship. Like we're going to get, you know, Cheska and whoever wins that cup and whoever wins that cup. And then we're going to play for an actual world championship every, every year, a world cup. Like, do you know what I mean? If you could do that, yeah. I, I personally could get interested in that, right? Because there's always this, Talk about, Roger, are you quick question? You know, are you, are you saying like huh. if like if if whoever won like the NBA the we should NBA, just call it the NBA Cup. Cup should just like play FC Barcelona or something like that or play a Real Madrid? At Correct. Some like point? If all, are you saying like that? The, okay. Yeah. So if all of these leagues, right? Like if you had your NBA Cup and like the ACB has whatever their 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 version of it is, and and the Russian league, and like you take your like 
seven strongest leagues or what have you, or it could just sure. be, you know, the NBA versus whoever's coming out of, uh, out of the Euro league there, whoever the winner, because they already had that. And if those two teams were playing, so we could say year in and year out, like, yeah, this is the world championship. So whoever wins the NBA championship, don't even make your mouth up to say that we're not the world champions. Cause guess what? We play the cup every year. Like we'll play the best <laughs> you got, you play the best, but you know what I mean? Like something like that, but, and, but that, that might get, get tricky too. Be- that might get tricky too, because I don't know. Like the, <clears throat> forgive me, I'm just a novice at like soccer. But what about this? Is a real question that I have. Just honestly, I'm sure you guys watch more soccer than I do. How would that affect, say, the? Because NBA is different than than um, than La Liga or the Premier League. How would that work in your eyes, Ra? If they, we have so many international guys in the NBA, right? And some of those guys are probably from the Real Madrid's like Luca or all these other things. How do you right. rectify that when you're going on the world stage? Because like Luca well, no, might be like, no, fuck that. I'm, play- I'm Real Madrid before well, anything. You're playing, you're playing, you're playing, not playing for your national team. You're playing for your cup, your, your club team. Okay. Like this is a club team championship, right? So like your club, Luca, you play for Dallas Mavericks. You don't play for, you know, uh, Partizan or, or, or Barcelona, like, you know, you play for the Mavericks. So that's who you compete with in this particular cup. Mm -hmm. Um, But the ins and outs, the moving parts, I don't know. I'm simply saying that we as a society consume sports the way Howard just kind of articulated, right? Like wherein if you come up, you know, in a, in a, in a soccer culture, you know, cups mean something like those, those derbies and stuff, they mean something, but you've, you've been indoctrinated into that since you were born. Like, that's what you know. We don't know it. So trying to, you know, change it on us right now, to everybody's point, you're like, all right, well, what the fuck does that mean? Like, okay, cool. We're going to watch the cup. And, the courts are red. And that's why and the, blue. I, I understand where the league's coming from on this, right? Is that if this is around long enough, if it becomes part of the, the, the landscape, you get used to it, then every season will start with, oh, cool, man, we're opening up with the tournament. Um, who's going to win it this year? Blah, 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 whatever. It'll come with its own traditions a, a little bit. We'll, we'll start to have a track record of who's won it in past years, all this. But I just, that's fine, but at the end of the day, it's still a championship of what? You want to be the champion of the league, and the fact is, whoever wins the cup, maybe it's one of the top teams, Bucks, Celtics, Nuggets, Suns, whoever, maybe it's the Pistons, which would be amazing and hilarious, but no one's going to care about it the day after or maybe even five minutes after it's awarded. We're all going to go back to who's getting traded uh, by the trade deadline, who's leading the all-star balloting because we're now in December. Um, you know, who's, you know, who's, who's playing on Christmas. It's going to be all back to the usual stuff. Right. And, and, Mm -hmm. and by the time the championship, the real championship is awarded in June, we are not going to care or be talking about, we're going to forget about it. And, and most NBA fans can name year by year, every, you could go backwards last year was that you could, you could name the last 20, 30 champions in a row. I guarantee you, no one's going to remember these. Like it's, it's, it just doesn't matter. It's fine. Again, not criticizing it, just skeptical. So it's interesting. Skeptically so I wanna... agnostic. I love it. That's amazing. That's <laughs> fucking amazing. Uh, you asked what I spent my weekend doing. I came. Uh, I spent the whole weekend coming up with that two words. Coining that term. Uh, yeah, you should yeah, be a writer, yeah, Howard. You should do that. That should be something that Someday. you pursue. Um, Ra, one of the, the questions that I have for you, just from a basketball player standpoint and also a competitor standpoint, at what point – Cause you know, like even during before the season, like, and I don't know if this is just like league propaganda that they brought to the players. It's like, you guys have to be good soldiers with this and you guys have to say positive oh, things about this. <laughs> they definitely have. We know this, but from a competitive standpoint, like I've heard Draymond say, it's Chris Paul, like, yo, we want to win the, 
fucking we want to win this NBA Cup. NC, I'm gonna just call it the NBA Cup. I'm not calling it NC Tournament because that's a better name. We want to end the win this NBA Cup, and we're going for it. I know by nature you guys are just competitive motherfuckers. Sure. At what point are you guys just like, okay, I'm locked in. I want to win this shit. Where? How do you get from the point of like, ah, like we'll see to fuck that. Let's go. We're as going soon to as Vegas. the ball tips. As soon as the ball tips. Because that's what you're wired to do. So as soon as the ball tips, like, you know, if there's something to be won and there's got to be a winner and a loser of the shit, then I'm trying to win it. You know what I mean? Like, I subscribe to that playing Monopoly with the kids. Like, <laughs> fuck that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to beat you. But but I would say this, though. You know, like, there, there are lines to be drawn and like with anything. Where a Kevin Durant, let's say years ago, um, you got a championship on the line. You know, you're, you're injured. You're trying to figure out whether you can win an NBA championship. You roll the dice. Like, you, you're, not, you're probably not rolling the dice for the NBA Cup on, on, a, on a 50-50 injury. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there, there's a line we draw on with a strained calf going into a torn well, Achilles. Correct. In a, correct. Like, if, if it's going to jeopardize game. your chance to, to, to maybe win an NBA championship, then you're not doing it. But it, if we're comparing apples well, to apples, healthy bodies to healthy bodies, let's go. Let's win it. How many times have we heard a player or a coach in this league say, yeah, uh, he's, he's taking uh, tonight off because of the ankle, but you listen, man, if this were game seven of the, of the finals, he'd be playing, right? Like how many right. times have we heard that? Like that is as as much a part of or a, a reference point on injuries we've, as we've ever heard, right? These are not that because like could, you know, I, 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 I can't remember exactly who played it, who didn't the other night, but like some some significant players were still missing. And they were the kind of injuries where they're kind of nursing them through because it's early in the season and you don't want to burn them out in November. It's not the same level of, of – like it doesn't have the same gravitas. It doesn't have the same importance, these games. Um, you're not – like I know that and, – and maybe, listen, again, unquantifiable. Maybe, Raja, there's some psychological thing where if you were putting on the uniform on Friday and going out there and you saw that court and it's different – and you know that this now counts double, one for the regular season standings, but two in these group play standings. And eventually, if you come out of the group play with a high enough uh, standing with, with a good record, you're going to have the chance to go play for the extra half million bucks and all that stuff. Maybe psychologically that seeps in. But I, I, I got to think, like, for the most part, these are just other games, right? And Roger just said it. You throw the ball up, we are immediately competitive. You don't. So uh, to me, it, it hasn't changed anything. Like the group stage games in particular are just regular season games on a goofy yeah. court and a lot of LL Cool J, Michael Imperioli commercials. When we get to the quarterfinals and semifinals, at that point, uh, uh, Roger, you tell me, I would assume that at that point, when you know it's close, right? Like these games, you want to win just because they're games on this calendar. They don't necessarily have added meaning. You get to the quarterfinals and semifinals, it's like, oh, well, we could get the cup. Now we might as well because we're here anyway. Yeah, if you're right. breaking if you're breaking down the psychology of where we are as as players, probably or what I'm what I'm guessing I would be as a player yeah. in this scenario. Yeah, look, anything up leading up to it, this is regular. These are regular games, uh, regular regular season games where I just want to win them because I'm a pro and trying to put my team in the best you know position we can be in. And these are auditions for every other team in the league for me personally. So this is what we're all going to do. But you are correct as you get down to semifinals, finals, Howard. I do think you'll see. You know, as 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 it becomes more tangible, you know, I would probably be locked in in a little bit more of a capacity for those games, um, even if they're just playing for the NBA Cup, because it's just what you're conditioned to do, right? Like, I'm not saying again, 
I don't, I don't think you're going to see anybody putting their body on the line. Like if it, if, if there's something that's going to jeopardize the rest of the season, I don't know that anyone's going to be doing that for this, but I mean, they're AAU games from the time we're 15 years old, dude. Like they don't mean shit. We play, we play 38 AAU <laughs> tournaments in a season. Like the only one that really means something is the championship in in the summer or like your, you know, your EYBL championship. But, but boy, you get in the championship game or the semifinals. Mm-hmm. I want to win that. Like I'm you get there, to Vegas, you know? you're like you get to the semifinals. I'm gonna like. I'm gonna yeah, you're probably gonna want to win. win. But I I agree. Like I don't think it's changing the dynamic at all. No, no one's going Willis Reed in the uh, NBA no Cup. Doing, no one's doing that. No, no. And I, I look from from the same. The guy had a torn calf in the 2006 uh, Western Conference Finals against Dallas, right? Like, and and it was, you know, we were that close to a championship and. Like I could barely move on that shit. We just didn't have any healthy bodies. So I it, acupuncture shut down the nerve in my leg. I went out there dragging a leg around, you know, for a couple games. But like you could, you're that close to the NBA championship, though. Do you know what I mean? Like that, no, man. You probably ain't playing through a pulled anything in the NBA Cup. Howard, I dare you to ask a coach, Yo, would he play if this was the semifinals of the NBA Cup? <laughs> 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 I'm, dude, I'm, I might I'm ask the coach off the record I'm de- that I might actually, I'm definitely <laughs> working that into some interview sometime between now and December. <laughs> I, I will, I will say, like, I feel like there's a little bit of a generational divide here. Like, like the cranky old men, like me, my boy Mark Stein, uh, my buddy Michael Lee at the Washington Post, like us Shout of a certain gods. generation. I feel like I feel like we're a little more skeptical. And again, uh, our friends over the group chat uh, pod uh, don't mean to to come full uh, frontal assault here. So early in my tenure, like I, I really enjoyed their conversation, and, I, and it was a really interesting perspective. In part because all those dudes are younger than me, uh, some of them significantly so. And I think it's like there is definitely uh, a generational d- divide here. I would guess. Again, I don't have any data to prove it, but I'm going to guess the NBA as they're marketing this. If they could get people in, you know, Gen Y, Z and on down the line all buying in, they're not going to give a crap about cranky ass Gen Xers like me saying, you know, uh, you know, bah humbug to your, I don't, your cup. I don't know what Gen my three boys are in, but they all like the NBA and they don't give a damn about the NBA. <laughs> you know what it, it is? It did though? not move the needle one bit. I'm going to keep it a stizak. The reason why we're rocking with the in-season NBA Cup tournament here at the Ringer is because, I mean, let's be honest, we kind of help bring it to the to, to the mainstream. If you go look back, shout out to Grantland and all the way back, we've been pushing for this. We've been doing it. We bullied a league into doing it. I'm don't, standing don't on think that. The league, don't think the league hasn't uh, smacked me over the head with that, by the way, as I've been uh, lightly critical Reminding me of of who specifically might be all in on it, who uh, mm. who we all might work for. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, say a quick break, and I have a game for you guys called Benefit of the Doubt. <laughs> that was abrupt. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, It is an exclamation of pure joy. 
But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Jump into the NBA action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Plus, all customers get three months of NBA League Pass courtesy of FanDuel when they place a $5 bet on the NBA. Man, you know how I am. I'm taking the over on everything. That way, you can watch all the action as you bet on everything from point spreads to player props. Best of all, you'll get paid your winnings instantly. So don't miss a chance to get $150 in bonus bets plus three months of NBA League Pass. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RingerNBA and tip off the NBA season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. Must be 21 years and older and president select states. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Limit one pass per customer. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com backslash sportsbook. NBA League Pass local blackout restrictions apply. And we are back. This is a game that I have conjured in my head over the weekend as I watched a little bit of NBA basketball. Sorry, it was... I was watching a lot of heartbreak. USC lost to Washington. Jeez, um, just the Raiders. I had to just be reminded that they're in Vegas again, even after they won. A lot of heartbreak. But I did watch a little bit of NBA basketball, and it just got me thinking, like, which teams that are underachieving in our eyes deserve the benefit of the doubt? And I am going to go, but first, I want to go with the Milwaukee Bucks, who are in an interesting you know, place right now. New coach. Um, new trade to get a guy like Damian Lillard in. Currently three and two. Chris Middleton is in here. They're not. It's not off to the fast start that maybe we thought they were going to be on. Howard, real quick, does Milwaukee at this point deserve our benefit of the doubt that things are going to be okay for them? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we know that the the, the top end talent is there. And this league runs on superstars. So uh, it's early for Damon Giannis. They did give up the Bucks a lot of supporting cast, a lot of depth in in getting Dame and in just in general this offseason. So it's going to take some time to kind of get the rotation order. Yeah, they got a rookie head coach who lost, by the way, 
his top assistant Terry Stotts in, under weird circumstances. I, that wasn't that. That's kind. That I don't. I don't like that, Howard. I don't like that at all. That the, the Spidey senses are not, especially with this little star. To kind of like, eh, it's weird, know. right? It's weird. Yeah, like it's I don't. Weird. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to put too much on that. But it's a thing. It is part of like the whole landscape. Terry Stotts leaving on the eve of the se- season is not great. Um, and it's a rookie head coach. Look to uh, Adrian Griffin's credit. Um, he just changed up, right? Like they he had changed up the defensive scheme to where uh, Brooke Lopez was not in drop. And now they're going uh, back to that because he's saying, you know, the, the guys came to me and they said, we work better defensively this way and uh, we're going to adapt. So the defense was shaky coming out of the gates in part because he tried to, to deviate from what had been working under buttonholes, or which I get. Like every coach is going to come in, try to make their own imprint. Um, but uh, he said, Roger's shaking his head so freaking hard right now. Um, anyway, I give them the benefit of the doubt because they're going to, whatever mistakes are they're making as either as a coaching staff, as players, as uh, new guys trying to fit with each other, I think it'll smooth out. The Bucks are going to be fine. I'm not worried. Right. You're shaking your head. Why are you shaking your head? Well, uh, well, first, let me say I agree with Howard. I, I will give them the benefit of the doubt. I will definitely give them the benefit of the doubt for for reasons, uh, for some of the reasons Howard just put forth. Here's my here's my concern. Like I try to figure out what happened with Stotts and 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 Griff. Griff Griff is one of my vets. I'm I, I think the world of Griff. But if you remember, I said like, you know, the one thing that's really difficult for teams like the Bucks or good teams when someone comes in is if they come in saying, Hey, I'm changing all, I'm changing all of this just because it's my way. Right. And I get, I get the human, you know, side of it from a coach's perspective where you're like, look, I'm going to make this mine and I'll affect this change. And if it doesn't work, then it's on me and I don't have anyone else to blame. So I was true to myself and here's how it's going to go. But it was concerning. Like when I read kind of what happened, if this is in fact what happened with Griff and Stotts about, you know, AG saying and telling him, hey, don't talk to the guys after you come out of a timeout. I want to have a meeting with you first. Like that sounds really like anal and really kind of like rigid rigid and insecure word. So that's a red flag. And then secondly, this is why I was shaking my head at what Howard was saying. Why the fuck would you be changing their defensive coverage? They're one of the best defenses in the league the last few years. Like if you're going to touch, don't touch that. So kudos to being flexible enough for them to come to you and say, hey, bro, we don't work like that. But what the fuck were you doing? Well, and that's Raja, red flag to, number two. What, real quick, I'm going to get back to you because I know you have probably a couple more red flags. But another th- red flag that I want to add on to your red flags is their offense also sucks. Well, <laughs> no, but like, yeah, I mean, yes, they have Damian Lillard and Giannis Adetokounmpo in their, yeah, in their prime. They're 12th in offensive efficiency at the moment, 12th, one, so they're, they're one getting better. thousand percent, but here's what I'd say to offense, right? <laughs> I would say, I, I would say like, and the rebuttal would be, well, you extracted a huge defensive piece in, in Drew Holiday, and, uh, and I would say, yeah, but, but schematically, like you're not even talking about a Drew Holiday thing. You're talking more about a, 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 a Brooke Lopez thing, which is a big, so it doesn't even make sense. But offensively, there's way more chemistry that goes into like trying to integrate two pieces like that that are both high usage rate guys that, that like to play on certain positions on the floor and trying to figure that out, I think is going to take a little bit longer. Defense always comes together quicker than offense. At any level, you take, you take kids out there, the defense is going to look better than the offense does right away. So... That is a red flag. Don't get me wrong, but I could give some grace on the offensive side of the ball and and allow you a window of time to figure that out. I don't know why you would be in there like tearing down the framework of what they've done defensively. That makes no sense. Yeah, I, 
And this is another thing, Howard, and Roger brought it up even with the Adrian Griffin stuff. When you talk about the coach of the, like the coach, a head coach's insecurity, specifically a first year head coach's insecurity, when immediately when he brought, when you guys brought that up, I'm thinking of Mark Jackson and Golden State with, you know, Brian's all of that, right? Not letting his assistants be available to the media, which isn't like the biggest thing in the world because that, that does happen. But like also just, you guys can go ahead and read it, but there's just reeked of insecurity and it wound up making him isolated and then thus not being a part of the group too. Because what you do when you do that is you inherently divide a locker room, right? You always make, and you don't want to put, put your players in a position where they have to pick sizes specifically this early. Like you've only been here a few months, right? It's, are we kind of like glossing over that fact right now, Howard? When when we think about that, or is that it's not is that not getting enough attention because it's too early to be having these kind of internal staff problems? Yeah, very early. Um, I don't recall too many instances. There's one that comes to mind, but it was a really strange instance. But not too many instances of an assistant coach either quitting or being fired in like October, October, November, right? Like that's really unusual and things happen right like you know the staffs don't always get along and you have turnover and whatever but like rarely in the midst of a season or on the verge of a season you're going to take care of that in the off season so it had to be really bad i would think for that to happen now i've also heard from people around the league that it wasn't just about that one incident and maybe some insecurity with with adrian griffin and all this it was also like stots went in from what i've heard thinking he was going to have a little bit more to do or a little more authority, maybe if that's the right term, then he actually got it. Maybe he was a little frustrated in the role. It's been a long time. Like Terry Stotts was an assistant for a long time before he got head coaching jobs in this league. And so um, going back to that, I'm sure is difficult, but we see it all the time. And we also, there's a great tradition in this league of young first time head coaches having like at least one former head coach on their staff to kind of lean on as the voice of authority writers as, as like, it's, you're not deferring to them. They're not backseat driving. They're not necessarily the Alvin Gentry to, to Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, they're there as kind of a backstop, a sounding board. And yes, if, if you know, in, in case of emergency, break glass. If you had to fire the head coach, you've got a, a veteran head coach already sitting there waiting to, to take over midseason if, if necessary. I don't think that was the case here, you know, but we've seen those versions too. I just think that it is alarming. It, it does tell us something. I don't know exactly what it tells us, but, um, it's, it's not great. None of which means that the Bucks season is going to, to, you know, go off the rails or anything or that Adrian Griffin won't prove to be a great head coach. He may well be, but it's not a good release sign. Okay. All right. Next question to the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to go to Phoenix. Be careful what you say, Roger, because I'm coming to you first. Um, Devin Booker dealing with some injuries. We have yet to see Bradley Beal into the fold. Um, KD is having to. What is Roger Frozen? Can you see? Oh, Roger. Okay. KD has had to take on the responsibility of the offense of scoring in a lot of ways. And I am skeptical of even when they get to the postseason. And I've talked about it on this podcast of the Phoenix's ability to guard the post in a high pressure situation. Um, I saw Wimbenyama on KD, and it was not looking great over the weekend, right? Whenever that happens. <laughs> Do the Suns deserve the benefit of the doubt that everything will be okay? Do they deserve the benefit of the doubt? 
So that's a so listen, listen. I know I just gave him a walkie that benefited it out. I mean, they won a championship. I, yes, I'm. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to give Phoenix the benefit of the doubt. I don't think you believe that, Raja. I I, I, there's part of me that doesn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm really there. <laughs> this is 51, 49, 52, 48. Either way, I could be swayed. Um, look, they haven't had they haven't had two of their big three in any real capacity. Uh, not only does that put an like an exorbitant amount of 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 workload on on KD, but, but like, it just throws everything out of whack. Like it, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're just the times D book has played like the chemistry that you were playing with in the preseason, like everything is just funky. And so for that reason, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Those are three of the most talented players in the NBA right now. I don't know. I don't want to get into like where you have them ranked, but like, I mean, those are three bad dudes on the same team. And so offensively, I think they're going to be really, really good. Now, defensively, interior-wise, will that be an Achilles heel like on a quest to a championship? Possibly. So I'm not sitting here telling you they'll win it ultimately, but I do think that they deserve the benefit of the doubt for, for, for being better than they are currently and being one of the better teams in the Western Conference when it's all said and done. So the good news is Kevin Durant's playing his ass off. He looks great. The bad news is Kevin Durant's having to play his ass off this much. Minutes aren't that bad yet. He's averaging uh, 35.7 minutes per game, which is about what he did last year. Um, interesting, during his Warriors years, because they didn't have to burn him out, uh, and obviously he was younger then, late 20s, um, Katie was playing, like averaging like 33, 34 minutes a game. So just an interesting, uh, you know, quick comparison. But like, I don't, I don't love that the Suns have to ride him this hard right now. The minutes may not be that high, but the workload is high. And you want Durant especially, uh, you want all of them, but Durant especially is, is absolutely critical in April, May, and if they're fortunate enough, June. Um, and I think the other thing that's alarming is, look, in the offseason, the, the best thing you'd say about the Suns is if they're healthy, they're, they've got as much talent as anybody to to try to win this thing, right? If anybody's position, if anybody's going to try to knock off the Nuggets, hey, the Suns are three stars. I'm not sold on it entirely, um, but they have the outline of a super team, right? But it was always Kevin Durant's got an injury history. Booker's got even for a younger player an injury history. Beal's got a massive injury history, and here we are a couple weeks in, and two of the three are already missing, you know, significant significant time, and and none of it is not injuries that you are, are projecting to, to last the whole season or anything, but I just, it's not, it's not encouraging out of the gate when the biggest caveat on your team was they'll be okay as long as they can get these guys through the season and they can't even play yet. So um, I, I still give them the benefit of the doubt on the power of, of their talent alone. And on the assumption that those three will, will get plenty of time together. But that's the other thing, too. They, they need time, right? Like, you, you need to kind of establish chemistry. Durant and Booker didn't even have that much time together last season after Durant's right. arrived. They would they have like eight games. And then because yeah, he got, got, got hurt. Yeah, there's yeah. some kinks to work out for sure. Here's a hey, bright, like, bright side of this is their top, their, their top half of the league, both offensively and defensively right now. All, all that, all that, you know, being as it as it may and and it's all true like they're still sitting there with with the the structure if you're talking about a house the bones the bones appear to be good so like once you get those dudes back and they're and if they're healthy you know i'd like to think that they'd be fine 
I'm with you guys. I think I am. I'm giving the benefit of the doubt, but I'm very skeptical. I don't think that they're going to, if I have to say now, and I'm sure Kerm is going to clip this and put this on our worst take show in a few months. Um, I have been very guilty of that. Um, but I just don't see them winning a title this year. I do not. I don't see it. I think there are better teams and that's their, I'm only saying title because that is their goal. That is their stated goal. That is what, what their actions were with how they are kind of like starting this season with the big three and what they want. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think I, I love the, the scoring ability of them, but I don't. And this is something that they didn't address. Like Nurkic just isn't a great, defender for the guys that they need to defend in the he's he's not going to guard Jokic so what's going to happen he's probably going to get foul trouble similar to how Aiden is and they're going to put Kevin Durant on Jokic it's not going to work Drew it, Eubanks it's not going to work Howard uh, so but I am can, out I mean but who can go like I mean no one guards Jokic that is fair okay Anthony Davis same thing. It's down the line of the prominent post players that they go up against that they struggle with. And you don't want KD playing in the po- so like anybody, right? You put you 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 get your first line of defense out in the front court, you gotta put KD on him. And why would even if it's even for a little bit, you don't want him playing defense and taxing himself on the defensive end when you need him to be your closer down the stretch. That's why I don't I just don't see it happening. Um, there's one more that I want to show there. There's one more that basically started this, this game in my head. Um, and that is the Clippers, right? The Clippers just got James Harden. I, don't, I think he plays tonight. So I don't really want to get into like the, the we, we don't have a sample size of how they'll look just yet, but I do want to, I, Ty I Lue is, take a shot, Roger, <laughs> go take a shot, Roger, go over there. Um, <laughs> Do we give Howard since Roger's trying to be scary right now? Uh, do y'all do you give Ty Lue the benefit of the doubt that he can make this work? As great of a coach as he is, I, I believe in Ty Lue. Uh, I do not believe in the overall combination of what the Clippers have or what the, what they put together here. I think I would actually feel better about it if there were one fewer aging star. I know, like, at a certain point, you just want as much talent as you can get. And especially when you do have an aging team, you're just like, ah, you know what? This guy's going to miss time. So the more guys we have who can step in and keep the offense humming while Kawhi's out for a week or Paul George is out, like, I get that part of it. And that's what Russ's uh, value to them, I think, was prior to getting Harden. Do I believe in Harden and Westbrook for the third time in their careers together? Uh, worked really well in Oklahoma City when James Harden was just a scrappy sixth man and they made the finals as a really young team. Didn't work so well overall, especially by the end in Houston when it seemed like they didn't really want to play together. So now they're back together. They don't want to move Russ to the bench, so they're going to keep him in the starting lineup. So now you've got two non-shooters in the starting lineup. Uh, I just think, and, and on top of that, by the way, I wrote about a thousand words on uh, James Harden, which is on the ringer.com. You can go read it right now. Great website. James Harden, the first thing he said in his oh, first press Roger's conference reaction to this. I as a wait. newly minted Los Angeles Clipper, where he will be playing with two-time MVP, uh, finals MVP Kawhi Leonard, uh, multiple-time all-NBA forward 
Paul George, and multiple-time All-NBA uh, guard and former league MVP Russell Westbrook. James Harden on day one says, I don't play in a system, I am a system. Damn right. Of all the times in your career to say that, I don't think age 34, when you've just been uh, traded to a team that you wanted to go to with three other stars who are all great with the ball in their hands and all have great track records just like you do, that is not the time to be saying it's the James Harden show. Y'all just sit back and watch. And he may not play out that way. That may have just been his bravado and his ego talking, and that's fine. I don't want to overemphasize it. But it's not... It's not encouraging. If I'm Ty Lu, I'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake. I'd be smacking my head at the moment he said, like, are you kidding yeah, me? That's screams like, that La- is- lack of self-awareness at minimum, lack of situational awareness. Like that just is so like so ridiculous. At maximum, what does it say, Roger? At maximum, what does it say? <laughs> that you're about to fucking tear down some another fucking team. <laughs> that you're about to just go and like did you come on, man? Don't get me started, bro. You no, no, Roger. So I'm gonna tell you my reaction, and I want to hear yours in a second. With the time when you heard it. So when I heard it, I was like, yo, is he talking to us? Is he talking to himself? Right? Like, is he tell is he like trying to like get himself going or something like that? Right? Is he just, you know, because you know, that happens, right? And on one hand, I'm like, oh, I mean, I I see your point, James. I do see your point, right? How and and in Houston, you were the system. Absolutely. And in Brooklyn, they did play it like when you were a point guard, they did play around your orbit. Same in 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 the Sixers, right? Yeah. Because you're a ball stopping guard. It's not like we. And, and I also then I was thinking like he does have a point. And then I was like, oh, I do remember watching when James Harden was the system. It wasn't fun for everybody else on the team, but James Harden. It was a lot of get this on the well, on the TikTok. It was no. a lot of corner threes. Just, I'm simulating someone asking for the ball and watching the ball go into the go get shot without the jumping up and down with the arms waving. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was those two things. And then I was like, well, no, James, like, come on, dude, what are you doing? What was your like immediate though reaction? Who showed you the clip? What was it? My homie was it deer was my little homie Ty who showed you? How did you find out? I don't even remember how I heard that shit. I, I really don't. I think I just came across it on my phone and I, I had to, I replayed it multiple times just to make sure I heard what I, what I thought I had heard. And, you know, you asked, is he talking to us or is he talking to trying to hype himself up? I mean, the third, the third possibility is just letting everybody that's already with the Clippers know. Like he could be talking to the locker room, like, yo, just so you guys know, I'm, we're, we're <laughs> everyone understands what I'm coming here to do, right? Which would be, which would just be crazy. And I don't see Ty Lu letting that happen. And let's let's go back to the comment itself. Yeah, he's right. He's not part of it. He is the system. That's the way he plays. That's the way he's played, you know, for for the better part of a career. Um it 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 didn't produce a championship, but let's say, hey, you know, in his prime, there were some reasons outside of his control that 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 led to them not winning a championship. And in theory, he could have very easily won a championship. He was that good. He ain't that dude anymore. You're not that. And so while you 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 are a system, um, that's no longer capable of winning at a high level in the NBA, in my humble opinion. Now, if you want to come in and like a lot of players do as they, you know, turn the page into another chapter of their career, become, you know, another version of yourselves that can that can contribute to winning, I'm all for that. I just have no faith in him being able to do it. Like, I don't think he wants to do it, I don't think he cares to do it. And I think again, like his comments. Not, they might not have been for you, myself, or Howard, and they might not have been to hype himself up. I think they were aimed at Kawhi, Paul George, and Russ. Like, look, 
And Which goes back to the self-awareness argument, bro. Like, uh, what the fuck, dude? What you're is the last on? year of your deal. You have no leverage. And also, bro, you're coming into somebody else's house. And I don't look like I think really believe like this isn't. Sorry, like, Howard, keep your thought. But I just want to be clear because sometimes people you think just because someone says something, they 100 percent believe it. That's not always the case. Sometimes people, to, to Logan's point, you can gas yourself up to say some shit. You say it with your chest, even though you don't really mean it. I think dude is so deluded, he really believes that. Like, I think he believes at this point, yo, put that ball in his hands, ask Russ to stand in one corner, spot Paul George up, tell Kawhi, get the fuck out the way, and I'm going to take the Clippers to a championship. That is how wild I think he's on, on this one. I sincerely hope that it was more bravado and less him actually believing that. And of all the different options of who he was speaking to, if it's the one where it's he was speaking to the locker room, that is probably the worst of all the possible audiences that he would have could have uh, oh, intended that for. <laughs> in, in all the time I've covered this league, Raja, and you know this well, um, I thought I think it's always been really interesting when you see guys come in like the best of the best, the really super talented guys, and especially guys who have the ball in their hands a lot, right? It's it's usually guards or wings, the guys who can do a lot with the ball in their hands, both score and play make, and they spend the first half of their career winning individual accolades, chasing scoring titles, and trying to figure out the proper balance, the, the ones who actually have a conscience and some self-awareness, trying to strike the proper balance between shooting and playmaking, scoring and playmaking, right? When mm-hmm. to involve my teammates, when to, when to just call my own. Obviously, like, listen, I'm, I'm heavily influenced by the fact that my first seven years covering the NBA, I was covering Kobe Bryant, who st- famously struggled with this balance. Um, but when he, when he got it right, that team was fucking unstoppable. And when he was, he, when he was too much following his own impulses and getting a, a little self-indulgent, that's when things would go off the rails. That's when he and Shaq would have problems. And then the other uh, data point on this I always think about is like, the Boston Celtics of, of Pierce, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, right? Three guys who had done a bunch on their own. They came together at the exact right time, right? That was the theme of the season, right? One of the major themes of that season was they were all at that point in their early 30s. They'd done a lot individually, but they'd never gotten anywhere in the postseason. And it was a time to everybody to, to sacrifice. And they understood it because they'd traveled that journey already. Sometimes that you can't, you can't go to, I don't want to pick on like Anthony Edwards because he's, he's obviously a great young player. But like an Anthony Edwards, you can't go to him on day one and say, listen, look at what Paul Pierce and these guys, it won't matter to him. No, no, no. I got to find my own way. I've got to, I got to like, you know, sow my oats or whatever as a scorer. I've got to go do this thing. And then eventually you settle in and you realize for, for the sake of the team winning and for your own sake too, to, to get to the, to the highest peaks, you got to find the right balance and you have to sacrifice. And you would think that James Harden at age 34, having certainly slowed down some and having played with a ton of different stars in the course of his career would recognize that this is the time when you say, you know what, I'm going to dial it back a little bit because I have the, I have an opportunity here and potentially a very short window with three other guys who are all in their mid thirties. This is the time for us to all help each other out to get to a place that three of the four of us have never been right. Kawhi Leonard, two times final MVP. Paul George, Russ Westbrook, James Harden never won a championship. This is your chance, but you can't do it if you think you're still the system. And and I want to just real quick before I toss it back, in James Harden's partial defense, he was a really good teammate to Joel Embiid last season, for the most part. Playoff failure notwithstanding, like Embiid won the MVP in part because Harden was willing to be a really good playmaker. He led the league in assists during that brief time with with Brooklyn before things went off the rails. 
Harden was uh, very good as as the point guard who was he 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 ratcheted down his usage rate by a lot. Let Kyrie and Kevin Durant carry the uh, like he's been willing to do it in spurts, but his rhetoric last week undermines all of that because it makes me think you don't really want to do that. Roger has a different perspective on your opinion, Howard. Nope. I can concede that he was good with Joel Embiid last year. I would just say I don't think that made him happy. That's exactly the problem. And that's right. what I wrote today. Nothing <laughs> yeah. makes him happy. I don't think that made him happy. And I would just go back to Brooklyn. No, he didn't con- He didn't concede that in Brooklyn. I know that for a fact. Those I've been first told, couple, the I've been first told, month or so? I've been told no, for a, a fact that, that yeah. he was not happy doing that and was pushing back against it at every turn, that he was not <laughs> he trying did it to well. be there. I mean, I'm not he saying did he made it. him happy. I'm just saying he did it well. Which leads to a whole other problem, and that could be true, Howard, but that leads to like, look, you can't hide in a locker room full of your, your brothers and your peers. They know when you're in there, like, you know, doing something just because you have to do it, but it's making you miserable. And that's equally as infectious on, 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 you know, the negative side, right? Like they're like, so, so look, I hope I'm wrong. I, I can say that James Harden offensively was, was an un is an unbelievable thing at times to watch, right? Like, and, and I hate to see the NBA player or any athlete for that matter, that can't understand that said time is past and now we've become this different version of ourselves and to 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 have success late you know as the sunset and we got to accept that like i hate watching that um but i i just don't know that he's there yet and that's unfortunate and 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 the comments at the press conference for, to to take it back to where we started like i mean if if that's what you're getting up there and saying as you're being introduced as a new member of this team, I have some real, real, real reservations about how well that's going to work. And the thing that with, with James that has always kind of just like flabbergasted me was it seems that he wants, he always wants his cake and eat it too. He wants to be the man that matters while winning a title. And it goes back to the self uh, awareness and all of those things. But you can't have it there. If you want a title at this stage in your career, you're not. You got to rely on Kawhi and PG and just go into your role. And like, why even fuck it up that way? I don't know. I don't know why you would do that. One more thing. I saw Wimbenyama against Kevin Durant twice over the weekend, and my God, he looks great, and he's he's amazing. I know they lost the other night, but I have to say, real quick, from both of you guys, is it too early to say that the Spurs can go into the play-in? Okay. Okay. It's fine. All right. Howard, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There was you see where I'm going with it? Did you see how good Wimby was? Jesus. Oh my God. Like, are we how is this not a conversation so far? I, I think I've reached the point already uh of like I'm not ruling anything out for the, like I obviously certain things are ruled out. They're not winning a championship in this in this season. Duh. But no. I'm I'm i they might win a cup. I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm not I'm not ruling out a run at the play in. Only because there's so much parity in, in certain sections of the West. Not at the top. The top, I, I, the, there's the very top and there's a bunch of teams that are right behind the Nuggets that are, that could get to their level. But there's a, there's a swath of teams there that it's like, it could go either way. Like Dallas is off to a really hot start. I'm not sure they're going to maintain this. The Grizzlies are off to a horrific start. I'm not sure that they're really going to be that bad. But if the Grizzlies are going to fall out, which is possible, 
uh, that's going to open the door for one of these young teams that's on their way up. Like, I think it's too soon to say the Spurs should be in the play-in race, but it's not too soon to say that they might end up there anyway. That's fair, but he said, a sh- you said shoe-in. What's the term you used? You said shoe-in or penciled-in. What'd you say? Could we consider them to the play-in game? To the play-in? Could they be consideration? Wait, wait, say it again. You, say it, say it again. Be considered. But what, what, no, but that's not what you said. That's cons- not what you said. Uh, what did I say? That's not, no, that's not that. I mean, maybe, forgive me, listener, if I'm wrong, but I thought you asked me, like, definitively, can we say that they are in the play-in? And I was, I don't, I can't, I can't say that yet, but I agree with Howard again. I'm really scared I mean, yes. with this question because I, every time I watch Wimbenyama, I'm like, this dude is going to the Hall of Fame right now. Like, put him up there. He's great. Like, did you see what he did to your sons, Raja? Jeez. That was Slow just down, bro. Oh Slow my down. gosh. Slow down. <laughs> fucking okay. hit a couple shots, bro. You fucking hit a couple shots. Had a little fucking tip dunk. Like, come on, bro. Come on. Like, what are we doing, bro? <laughs> quick quick Wembenyama <laughs> footnote. Could somebody somewhere put on a large piece of paper Wembenya and then a massive M in like a hundred point, but the rest of it is in 12 point. And the M That'd be fire. is I- in hundred. That's a copable jersey. Take that jersey piece of paper sure. and slap it down in front of every announcer everywhere so that people stop saying Wembenyana. Can you put it on his jersey? <laughs> that would be fire. Crazy. Could you put it on the jersey? That'd be fire if you put the, the just the M on the jersey, the, the just, yeah. uppercase M. That'd be icy. It, it's not that hard to say, folks. Like you don't need some fancy accent. There's no umlauts or anything. Like it's Wembenyama. It's an M. It's not that hard. <laughs> okay. Straight up. Also, I mean, we're about to get out of here. Just want you guys to know, we might be talking about women Yama every podcast because because I just bring him up out of nowhere, and I'm make, you know, make it a sponsored segment. Hey, there you go. Hey, State Farm, holla at us. We're talking about Wimby. Um, that has been another edition of Motherfucking Mondays. Thanks to Howard Motherfucking Beck for pulling up. Um, we'll see you guys on Thursday. Um, tap in, talk to us, talk all the shit. Go listen to our interview with Gilbert Arenas. It was tight. All the shits. Ah, talk to you guys soon. Bye. Must be 21 years and older and president in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com backslash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org backslash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522 Two four seven zero zero, or visit KS Gambling Help in Kansas one eight seven 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 zero. Stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia, or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or visit 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call one 877 8 hope ny or text hope ny in New York.